Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where we offer encouragement and guidance to those who make big presentations in small rooms. We believe that properly focused practice and preparation result in effective communications. I'm your host, Paul Gibson. Let's get started. And welcome to the first ever episode of Big Presentations in Small Rooms. I'm Paul Gibson, and I'm going to be hosting this full cast version talking about this book and, of course, talking to the author, who is my much older brother. I mean, he is downright ancient compared to me because I am very youthful. You're not supposed to be talking yet. We'll get to you in a minute. But the way this works is I'm going to be talking to him about uh, some of the content from his brand new book, most specifically uh, about going through the learning process itself and how that journey is made and kind of how you can handle that in a healthy way. Let's listen. Here are three things to remember when developing presentation skills. The first step is to remember that you are on a journey. This is a trek. It's going to have good days and bad days. There are going to be highs and lows. There will be times when you feel like the master and other times when you feel like you are a failure. Remember, you're on a journey. And in this journey, every step matters. So today, if you're only able to take a couple of faltering steps in the direction of your skill set, that's still worthwhile. Those small steps over time add up and create progress. So don't give up during the tough times. Keep putting one foot in front of the other because you are on a journey. The second thing to keep in mind as you develop presentation skills is that you have shareable resources. Think in terms of a backpack. In this backpack, you have your own knowledge and your own experiences. Your backpack is filled with your observations and the observations of other people who come alongside you. The cool thing about this set of resources, the cool thing about this backpack is that you can share from it without worrying about it emptying out. In this sense, it is infinite. You can share your knowledge over and over, and that knowledge doesn't leave you as a result of the sharing. You can tell your stories over and over, and they're still your stories. This means that we don't have to be stingy. We don't have to have a poverty mindset when it comes to the resources in our backpack. And if we can trust other people to have that same mindset, then we can learn from each other and we can help each other grow and help each other progress along the journey. So remember, you are on a journey and your backpack is filled with shareable resources. The third thing to remember is that sharing stories lightens loads. As you are on this journey with your backpack filled with your own knowledge and experience, look around you and enjoy the company. If you feel like you are alone, then try to find other people who are on the same journey. Set up times with them. Have times when you pause along the journey and gather around the campfire. Just talk, share your stories, and you will discover from your own experience that the sharing of stories lightens loads. And then, even when we come across tough times, even when we're in the middle of a big challenge that feels insurmountable, we can realize that, at the very least, this challenge is going to become a story worth telling, a story that perhaps can help somebody else when they hit that same tough time. Sharing stories lightens 
loads. So, once again, three practical things to remember as you develop presentation skills. First, you are on a journey. A journey that you are not going to finish in a day. It's going to take a while. So remember that every step matters and many of the steps will have enjoyment attached to them. You are on a journey. Secondly, keep in mind that you have shareable resources. Your backpack is filled with knowledge and experience and those things do not disappear when you are willing to be generous with them. In fact, your backpack might be filled even further as other people are willing to share their knowledge and experience with you. And during those times when you are gathered around the campfire talking, you will discover that the sharing of stories lightens loads. So stick with it. Stay on the journey. Share your resources and be willing also to share your stories. Well, Mike, that seems like a very big amount of information kind of packed into three small points, but it really does simplify things, I think, for a lot of people, because I think doing a presentation, talking in front of people, that whole thing is kind of terrifying for a lot of people. But I like how I like how you broke it down to where it's like, okay, well, you don't have to be thinking that it's going to be an instantaneous thing. You can't download skills to do good presentations in any size room. (laughs) Yeah. It is a process, and right. the download speed is slow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yes. Very good. Yeah, it, it takes a while. This thing truly is a journey. And so if we can go into it with that mindset, it it helps. I think uh, especially now in our culture where we think about download speeds and, and how fast we can get something onto our tech it might be easy to become impatient with the length of time it takes to develop a skill set like this. This is a skill set. Absolutely. And and it's also one of those things that I don't think that you could completely learn from, say, like a class, uh, at least not just the class itself. Yeah, right. I mean, you can read this book and, and, and I'm sure that uh, people will find uh, big presentations in small rooms very helpful. But just the book itself is not going to get you there 100%. It takes the practice and and whatnot to go along with that. So that's where that journey part of that puzzle comes into is, is realizing right. that that when you start, you're going to be in one place. And yes. to get to where you want to be, you've got to get you actually got to physically get there. <laughs> that's right. You got to move to move it. <laughs> You got to move. (laughs) That is so true. And, you know, sometimes those first steps are faltering or we feel like maybe we just slip on the very first step and wipe out. But we learn from that. And then the next step we take is informed by the previous one. And we keep moving forward Uh, one step at a time, uh, even though those steps may be slow, they add up and we make progress as we continue to put one foot in front of the other, learn from our mistakes, and keep moving forward. Hey, it's Paul here taking a quick break to tell you about my other podcast. It's Life While Parenting. My wife Sarah and I get into all of the fun and not-so-fun stuff of parenting, everything from the pandemic to dealing with parenting while having a complete and utter lack of sleep and everything in between. 
But if that wasn't enough, we'll also get into more fun things like stuff we wish we had known before we had our second kid and the hip lingo the kids are slinging these days. So make sure you join us every Wednesday for a fresh episode of Life While Parenting wherever you get your podcasts. Something else that occurred to me while I was listening to this, and obviously we'll get on to step two here in just a second, but it struck me as to how universal some of this can be for people who maybe have never thought about life in this way. It's not just public speaking or doing presentations uh, in small rooms, it's also it's also life. I mean, right. you're not going to be oh yeah, you're not going to be born fully formed with a full skill set that you're going to be able to make money with. It's going to take some time, effort, some right. usually for most of us some false starts, uh, and then you eventually right. get to the right. thing that you're that you're going for. Uh, so I loved that about that. Uh, now let's move on to number two, if that's okay with you. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. you talked about the shareable resource, which is your knowledge, your experience, and I think there yeah. is this weird idea that that we get where we get a little stingy with something that's right. that's yes. ours. I mean, it could be our money, it could be right. our time, but ultimately, especially when you're doing some sort of a presentation or or public speaking, you're trying to communicate to right. a wide audience even if it is in a small room and you're only talking about maybe 30 people. You're trying to right. give yes. some sort of universal experience for them that they can latch onto. And those experiences that you've had, those stories that you have, whether it's about how maybe right. the first time you stood up in front of somebody you just couldn't put two words together or if it's about an experience with <laughs> right. your kids uh there's something in there yes. that can help inform whatever it is you're giving a presentation on and that gives you that connection point yes. but i think also people tend to maybe overthink and be like well i told that story to the better business bureau in arlington texas right. i can't tell that to the uh, better business bureau in houston because i've already used that luckily that's not true <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. I am so grateful that that's not true. And because it's not true, you get to not only tell stories again, you get to perfect the stories. One of my favorite things uh, in teaching is when uh, I am able to uh, work in a realm where I can teach the same class 50 times. Mm -hmm. And you know, some people might be like, That's, wouldn't that drive you crazy doing the same thing over and over again? No, because each time it's better than the last. My most frustrating experience is when I only get one time yeah. to teach it. <laughs> right. Because that's going to probably be the worst time out of all of the times that I'm teaching it is that first one. I didn't get to apply any experience or, or learning from the first time to anything else. So, yeah, man, if you if you have the opportunity to use the same stories in multiple places, that's a gift, man. Take it and use it and, and perfect that story so that it can be even more of a gift to the second and third and 50th group that you share it with. Exactly. And what comes to mind when we're, we're talking about this is about how I've heard interviews with like stand-up comics. And if they're going to do a special, like, you know, they're going to have it recorded for HBO or Netflix oh. or something, they won't have that be the first time they do that run of stories and jokes and anecdotes. They will usually rent out a theater and they will invite, uh, you know, they'll yes. just have like 100 tickets and they'll get on their Facebook and get get people who already know what it is that they do to come and right. they'll go through the show 
And, you know, they'll have like maybe three to five nights yeah. of just doing that show before they do the one that gets filmed so that they get that kind of dress rehearsal of that so they can perfect yes. those stories. And so they can get that reality check right. of that story is hilarious to me, but it really does not register with anybody else but me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. That's good to know ahead of time. <laughs> that is so true. And with with other elements of the skill set. Uh, so one of the things that I've done uh, in 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 the past preparing to use a new skill set is is similar. Yeah. Like I would use it in a group where I do volunteer work. So perhaps it's a class that I'm teaching on a volunteer basis um, where I first. Well, this is the case. It was where I first tested out do using live drawings to illustrate what I was talking about. I was kind of nervous about it. I'd done some research and some practice, uh, but I wanted to see how it went across, you know, and and how shaky my hand was going to be when I'm trying to draw this while talking. And so I'd, I'd used it for a semester in this volunteer setting before I ever started using it in a setting where I was being paid to present that information. And it helped out a lot. The, the same thing with tech. Uh, when I would get a new piece of tech that had a learning curve to it, uh, I would practice it for weeks in a volunteer setting before I started using it uh, in in the places where there was more at, at stake. So, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of, you know, we're talking about the sharing of stories lightens loads. And we kind of transitioned into thinking about how the more we tell the stories, the better we get at them. Same with any other skill set. Uh, the more you practice a pick pattern on guitar, the better you're going to get at it. If you only, if you feel like you got to master it in an hour, you're going to be frustrated and it's going to sound awful because you only worked on it for an hour. Uh, and sometimes we think that same kind of thing is going to be true of, of public speaking. You know, so we think, well, I've got it or I don't. Well, there's some people who have a natural gifting for it, uh, but sometimes those people will eventually be eclipsed by the people who don't have as much talent, but who work harder and practice more. But back to this idea of sharing of stories um, and how we have shareable resources, I, I want to emphasize the fact that uh, we can have, I guess what you would call an abundance mindset with our knowledge and experiences. It's not like we take knowledge out of our backpack and if we hand it to somebody else, then we no longer have right. it. It's still it's still there. And the same thing is true of our experiences. But sometimes we have more of what might be called a poverty mindset where we think, oh, I got to hold on to this because I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. Well, that's simply not the case with knowledge and experience. And what we've what you'll discover is that the more you're willing to share with other people, the more they're willing to share uh, with you. One of the uh, most counterintuitive things to learn about marketing a new business is that you have to give stuff away. That's just part of your marketing. You're not going to succeed if you're not willing to give stuff away. That's right. And you're supposed to give some of your best stuff away so that other people will want to know more of your stuff and have more of your stuff. But we think, no, I don't want to do that. I mean, it's my best stuff. You know, they need to pay a lot of money for this. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe. So 
we've got to have this abundance mindset that our generosity, especially with our knowledge and our experiences, is something that not only benefits the audience or whoever we're talking to, but really in the long term, it benefits us as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think another thing that is easy to kind of lose sight of and is kind of a basic cornerstone to this is if you're sharing that knowledge and those experiences with your audience, your product, which is your presentation, is going to be better for it. Because if you're just talking in like completely like, well, and, and, you know, let's just imagine in a world that this happened, that doesn't mean things to people. Right. When you can say that I've been through this or I've learned from this, then they can, they can go through that with you through your story and then they can learn from it too, which is fantastic. Now, a point number three, I I found very interesting because it does feel like it very much dovetails off of number two, which is the idea that, that sharing stories lightens loads and, Yes. The thing that struck me most about this is this sounds like this sounds like therapy in a lot of ways. It's like being able to share, <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't especially it? the fit, like the right. bad stuff, you know, and and for those yes. who don't know, Mike and I both used to work for the same company doing school assembly presentations for a short amount of time. Right, yes, and right. we shared some some stories that were not great, that did not reflect <laughs> great on our skills. We we're like, man, this just went south, and I don't even know why. But it was nice because then the other one could be like, oh, you had that problem too. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. All right, so Mike, I mean, it's just all well and good to talk about this uh, in these wonderful abstract phrases, but since we are talking about sharing right. stories Life is a journey. Learning is a journey. What has been a recent journey that you've had that would illustrate the point of like how you've gone from one place to another and how that maybe isn't always easy? I have been playing guitar for about 20 years, which is embarrassing to admit that I've been playing for 20 years and I'm still not very good. But there is one aspect of guitar playing that I had never been able to master. And that was the playing of a pick pattern, like any pick pattern. I could strum and do fine with that, but doing a pick pattern almost felt like magic to me. Like, so that's something other people could do that I couldn't. Well, during the pandemic, uh, I had more time on my, we weren't going out, staying at home all the time. And I thought, well, I'm going to give this another shot. And uh, so I break out the, the guitar. I, I look up a tutorial and uh, I discover a, a pick pattern called the Travis. That sounds pretty cool. It's supposed to be you know, multifunctional and okay, I can use it on a bunch of different songs. That's what I want. So I began working on it and I decided I'm going to work on this for about 15 to 20 minutes a day, every day. Now, before, when I tried to learn a pick pattern, I would sit down for 15 or 20 minutes and go, okay, well, I can't learn a pick pattern because it didn't happen in 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes, you know? Well, this time I was like, okay, so I'm going to try again tomorrow and I'm going to try again the next day. And it took three weeks to learn this one simple pick pattern, but now I can actually do it while I'm watching TV. You know, I can do this pick pattern without having to think about it because I took daily steps on the journey toward the goal of learning this pick pattern. Now, my kids uh, who learned this lesson way before I did, they already know a bunch of pick patterns. <laughs> we can share stories about how, you know, my fingers don't want to cooperate with my brain. It's like, oh, that's all right, dad. You keep trying, keep after it. And I, you know, after a couple of weeks, I say, hey, listen, I can get the first five notes in a row. They're like, oh, that's great, dad. You know, I remember when I was learning. 
And eventually, you know, I reached that point where I could do the pick pattern. But for me, it was a journey. And now it's like I know five pick patterns now, you know, but I went into the next one knowing it was going to take a while. So I went into it with that patience and determination that I did not have in times past. There you go. And I would also take away from that experience. And I'm betting that the second or the third or the fourth pick pattern that you learned was easier to learn because of the experience of doing the first one and maybe the one after that, uh, which can can often be the case in something that you're doing. Like you can learn a new piece of tech. Well, that first time through that piece of tech, learning how to do the basics is going to be the hardest. But maybe when you learn how to do a new feature of that same tech, that's a little bit easier. Yes. So yeah, that is so true. And yes, yeah, that was my experience. The third pick pattern was a lot easier than the first one, partly because I could relax. I kind of knew the process now, but partly because my fingers were slowly starting to cooperate with my brain. Yes, that's a good point. Good point. The The more we practice different related subskills of this skill set, the easier those subskills become. Fantastic. So, Mike, I'm glad that you've got a story that is practical and a little bit self-implicating to be embarrassing. Uh, This is one from when I was doing school assembly presentations. We'd show up at these places where we had never been, and half the time we would never be there again, uh, which was always interesting. Well, after a long story journey of getting to this one place, I'm there and I'm ahead of time and I'm trying to lay out all these cords so that we can set up these huge screens and all this AV equipment for this big presentation in a gym. It was not a small room, but it was a big gym. And I'm in there and I'm trying to get all these cords to where the kids aren't going to trip over them. And so I usually made a habit out of asking whoever was around if it was okay if I used this specialty duct tape that we had, of course, so it wouldn't leave residue on the floor, but I always made sure to ask because some people were very particular and some people didn't care at all. So there was this one guy who was hanging out with me. I went up to him and I said, Hey, I was like, I I wanted to make sure that this was cool with you before I I started putting tape over these cords. The most important thing for me is the kids don't trip on them. I don't want anybody to get hurt, nor do I want my equipment to get hurt because some of it's kind of expensive. And I would just assume be able to be as secure as possible. This tape doesn't leave sticky stuff behind. It's, it very rarely causes any damage to floors, but I want to make sure it's okay with you before I do that. And he goes, well, we just, yeah. uh, we just had these, uh, floors redone. So I would just assume that you didn't. And I said, okay, that's fine. I'll do, I'll try to figure out something else. Yeah. So I was like, I'll see if I can't find some rugs laying around in your gym that I can put over them. That'd be fine. I said, but I just, I had to make sure to ask because sometimes, you know, uh, I, you were very nice about it, but sometimes I'll, I'll ask this question and, uh, the custodian will be really angry at me about even suggesting this. So I've just been, I try to be as nice about it as I can. He goes, looks at me and he goes, I'm the assistant principal. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Yes, I'm sure you're very good. <laughs> but at this point, I just feel like a jerk because I've implied that this guy who takes his job very seriously is a custodian. Yes, yes. And and our dad was a custodian, so I have absolutely no problem. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no problem right. with that. But at the same time, if you start bringing that up, then you feel like the person who's like, I'm not racist. I have black friends. So you have, you have to be careful how much you backpedal. But I just felt like such a jerk because I have made this guy mad yes. at me. And now he sure enough is not going to let me put duct tape on his floor. So I just 
quietly went around and found a different way to make it happen and tried not to look at him again. <laughs> so you have to be careful with what words you use and don't make assumptions because oh. it will often bite you. <laughs> that is so true. Oh my goodness. <laughs> See, that's an excellent story. It's lightened my load listening well, to good, it. Well, good, good. I feel about 50 shades of dumber because of it, but that's okay. That's okay. It's nice to know that it still gets a laugh. And I've told this story before, and you probably even it heard does. it before, but see, it still works. It, it does. It, that is a, oh my goodness, that's a good story. I guess it's a part of, of human nature to feel like we're alone in our experiences, especially when those experiences are negative. Yes. Like, ah, I must be the only one who ever went through this. Or if it's a mistake, we sure don't want to share that story because we're thinking, surely I am the only person in the world stupid enough to have done <laughs> this one thing. I don't want to tell anybody else about it. So we keep it to ourselves. But and that's why uh, some comedians are so effective because they they tell stories on themselves that other people have experienced but would never admit <laughs> that they've experienced it. Uh, so they're kind of helping us lighten our load by going, oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only person who does dumb, dumb stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also think that, that it's interesting to think about the idea of connecting with not only your audience, because in a way, like sharing these stories yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that can help make a presentation better can also lighten your load. But like you said, in the same way that a comedian tells right. stories that makes makes their audiences feel better. But it can also be between people who are, are also doing presentations and kind of honing their skills. And they yes. can learn from your mistake if they haven't already made that one. But also they can, if they right. have, then they can right. help give you that advice of like, oh, okay, I've dealt with that thing before. This is a way that you can work around that or, or get out of that situation or avoid it altogether, which is is invaluable. Yeah, that is so true. Yes. When we're willing to be humble about our experiences and also like excited about new things that we're learning, we become the kind of people other people want to be around because we're not arrogant. We don't act like we know it all, you know, because we willingly uh, admit the times when we've we've messed up, which allows people to really listen to us when we have something exciting that we've learned that truly helped us that might also help other people as well. Uh, so we we can help other people avoid some of the pitfalls that we have unfortunately <laughs> discovered. I mean, that's a big way of lightening a load, isn't it? I mean, if it's okay, I can, I can avoid that. I can breathe a little deeper because I know how to address this problem should it occur. Fantastic. Well, I think that we've covered these pretty well, but is there any way that you would want to wrap that up for somebody who's thinking it's like, well, that's great, but how, how would you put it all together? Like what, what should be my takeaway from this? Okay. The takeaway is that d the development of any skill set, and here we're focused on the skill set of delivering big presentations, that the development of any skill set is a long-term journey. So we can be patient with ourselves, knowing that it's not going to happen overnight. And uh, we can be purposeful about each step that we take. Uh, even if it's a failure, we're looking for the lessons that we can learn from it. Um, and to 
go through this experience as much as possible in some sort of community where you can share stories, learn from each other, and lighten each other's load. So it's a journey. Don't go it alone. Learn from each other. Encourage each other. Couldn't have said it any better myself. It's almost like you wrote the book on this or something. (laughs) Yes, I did. Go get that book. (laughs) And for those of you who are wondering, it's available in audiobook and in uh, ebook form. Uh, Get it. It's on Amazon. And I know know that Mike would appreciate it. I've got my copy. I've done my part because if nothing else, I wanted to be able to say that. So that way I wasn't asking you to do something that I haven't done myself. So I'm trying not to be a hypocrite here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. Yeah, so you can get an audiobook, you can get an ebook. It's also in print. Okay, cool. Uh, as well. So so get get your copy and if you get it, man, contact me. Let's talk about there it. There you go. Well, we'll catch you next time for the next full cast. We'll be together for that as well. And we'll have another discussion about another part of the book. So we hope that you'll join us for that. Make sure to subscribe, give us a comment or a rating. And uh, we hope that you'll tune in next time again for big presentations. I'm Paul Gibson. That's my older brother, Mike. He's the smart one. I just get to hang out. <laughs> I love spending time with you. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. Sounds good. See y'all soon.